Isn't it funny how we all start off with a plan or conception of what our life and career will look like, but oftentimes we end up in a completely different place than we ever could have dreamed? Well, this is a podcast where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, and entrepreneurs to hear how they handled life's unexpected events. I'm your host, Andrew East. I'm an engineer turned professional athlete turned entrepreneur, and I'm super excited to bring you these stories to help inspire you to reach your dreams, no matter what they look like. Our guest today is country music star Chuck Wicks, who left his promising baseball career to fully pursue his love of music. Chuck has an impressive music resume, releasing one top five song and six top 50 songs. He has also appeared on shows such as Dancing with the Stars in Nashville and is a co-host on the nationally syndicated radio show Ty Kelly and Chuck. If you want to find Chuck on social media, you can find him at Chuck Wicks on Instagram and at Chuck Wicks Music on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm super excited to bring you Chuck Wicks. Welcome to the show, Chuck. Thank you so much, Andrew. Glad to have you here. Appreciate Thank you making time. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we have people both viewing this and just listening. Why are you to out of breath? I- <laughs> <laughs> he was running upstairs. I need water. <laughs> I'm not sure there's anybody else in this town that does more than you do, Chuck, quite, quite frankly. There's a lot of people that do more than I do, Andrew. I'm not sure, man. But I just try to, I try to fit in. So for those of you who don't know Chuck, he is a country musician, mm-hmm. all-star, big time. Oh. But uh, one of my favorite things about Chuck is he's also a triathlete Thank and, you. and a dang good one at that. So that's what Chuck and I spend a lot of time doing is training, <sighs> swimming and running, and he's an absolute beast. How did you get into triathlons? My buddy got me into it. Okay. So, well, actually, I uh, I did this race called Hotter Than Hell in Texas. Okay. It's a bike race. All right. I had never even gotten on a bike besides being 12 years old. Okay. So, <laughs> I go down to Texas, and I was seeing this girl at the time, and she goes, she goes, oh, we'll get a, we'll get a bike for you. I'm like, oh, cool. Can I get a nice bike? Can I get a cool bike? She's like, yeah, my uncle has a great bike you can borrow. And I was like, sweet. I can't wait. Yeah. Because I'm super competitive. Right. So I get there, and they all had nice bikes. She had a nice bike. Her uncle had a nice mountain bike. No. It was a mountain bike for oh 100 my. miles. Stop. So everybody else had these tri bikes or the, the road bikes <laughs> that go, like, super fast. I averaged maybe 13 miles per hour oh on this thing. Oh, my gosh. So you can figure how long that took. Wait, so- I mean, 13 miles per hour, I'm doing 100 miles, you know? Do the math. I don't know how to do that math, but it's probably I'm like seven hours or something. I don't know what it is, but um, I actually there was a turnoff on it where you could do the hundred k instead of a hundred miles, and I definitely made that turnoff. You did, yeah. But at that moment, because I had people laughing at me, like they're like, "You're gonna ride a hundred miles on that?" Because I was just <laughs> yeah, like, seriously? I didn't know anything about biking, so <laughs> I was like, I went home. I remember, I was, and I called my buddy Troy. His name's Troy Railsback, and he did he does sprint triathlons. We went to the same college together. And uh, he played basketball. I played baseball. He goes, dude, you need to try sprint triathlons. I'm like, all right, what is that? I'm in. He goes, swim, bike, run. I'm like, cool. So I learned how to swim from scratch. Like I, I swam like a normal 12-year-old swims, you know. Yeah. Head out of the water. You're tired after 100 yards. You know? Yeah. So I took lessons from uh, Ashley Whitney, who won Olympic gold medal for us. And I think, was it 98 in Atlanta? Uh, it would have been, yep, 98. 98. So she won the gold there, and I was like, well, she's got to be a great coach. You know, learned the, the ins and outs of proper swimming. Bought Went out and bought the uh, awesome bike because, you know, I'm a gearhead. Yeah. I got to have a good bike. 
and uh, you know, took lessons there, took out a coach, and and then uh, running. I was like, oh, I'm a runner. I played baseball in college, but I'm finding out that I have a lot more fast twitch muscles and slow twitch muscles. So even that was a learned sport. I didn't even know you had a lot of muscles to begin with. Thank, so. you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I actually, it was 1996 Olympics. Just oh, 96? Yeah. Did yeah. you have somebody in your ear? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that? I was thinking about that the whole time. 96. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Sean, in the other room. But <laughs> um, she would know. She would know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I got in. I did my first uh, Ironman, half Ironman. Um, I just jumped right into it because I didn't even do a sprint triathlon. I, I just went straight for a half Ironman. Loved it. Now I'm like, you know, being super competitive and being, you know, as I'm getting older, I want to, I want something that's going to drive me. I want something that's going to push me and stay in shape now. I want to get ahead of the curve. So, you know, I don't have any kids. So if I do have kids, I'll be, I think it would be considered later in life that I had kids. Um, you know, I want to be in shape for my kids. I want to be, I want to be active. I want to be ahead of that game. So yeah. I, that's why I love doing, um, especially the Ironman series. Uh, I just did, did another one, did my third one in Hawaii, and I have another one coming up in Augusta. That's amazing. And this guy is going to join me. I'm going to get him <laughs> on the train. I always give Chuck a hard time because I'm an athlete, and so all my athlete friends will always boast about, oh, you know, I trained this hard today or this many hours. Chuck never, ever talks about it. He's always like, because he also hosts a radio show. Yeah. So I'm telling you, this guy's got a lot going on. He's got. He's got music that he records. You host a radio show. You're training for a triathlon. Yeah. And the triathlon, you have to train hours per day to do it. Yeah, it's a commitment. And he never, you never talk about it, which is funny to me because, like, that's my whole life is, like, bragging about, oh, I live. Well, you should. I mean, you, <laughs> I mean, this guy over here is, like, yeah. turning down NFL tryouts because he's so popular. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's got a lot. You have a lot of stuff going on, which is cool. Yeah. Definitely envious of you in that um, aspect for sure. I never put on the pads. I was always a baseball player. I got injured, like – I don't know. I played Pop Warner one year, hurt my back. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. But uh, I was like, I want to play baseball. But I, you know, I do a show called Ty Kelly and Chuck in the mornings. It's yeah. syndicated, heard across the country. Um, you can follow me on my Instagram at Chuck Wicks. That's right. How <laughs> where it is. Um, but yeah, so I do that, and then you know, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, as a recording artist. So um, I had a deal on RCA Records for a long time, and then. Um, you know, there's the music business, as you know, from living here is so it's up and down. So it's a roller coaster ride and yeah. right, you know, through this is CMA fest. If you guys have never been, if you're a country music fan, you need to, to make it out here. Every artist you can think of is here, but, um, I have my 11th annual fan club party, uh, Sunday was a couple days away. And so it's, it's pretty surreal. Everything that's going on. I, I look at the Iron Man stuff as a release from all that. Yeah, it's like a it's like my time. So yeah. I love it. That's cool. So this show is all about sitting down with exceptional people and hearing what makes them extraordinary. Oh. So before I do want to talk about your, okay. <laughs> I do want to talk about your successes. But before we get there, I want to hear about your background and just to to hear the trajectory of how you got to where you are. Because you're, I think you're legitimately the only person I know who's from Delaware. It's a great so state. Yeah. Delaware. So, yeah. At Delaware, we were potato farmers. Okay. So De a lot of people don't know anything about Delaware. It's the first state. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. United States of America. Yeah. Um, so we were the first state and we were potato farmers. Um, my mom and dad um, were also professional bowlers on the side. Super random. Um, my mom was on ESPN 1979 pregnant. What? With me bowling. Super random, but awesome. 
So I went bowling with Chuck a couple of weeks ago, and he this dude's throwing strike after strike after strike. And then it wasn't until after he dom- demolished us that you said, oh, yeah, my parents were professional bowlers. Well, what I, I, all the time. I know, but what I didn't like <laughs> about this guy was like after the third one in a row – they started ignoring my strikes. <laughs> I'm like, yes, no, no, no nobody cares. No but I, that's how I grew up. Uh, total normal, small town, Smyrna, Delaware, and uh, it was fun. Uh, growing up on a farm is an awesome way to grow up. And I didn't even have music in my life at that point. I, like I, I just, um, I was just baseball, baseball and farm work. And so I went to Florida Southern College, played baseball, I sat the bench long enough to where. I was like, ah, I mean, you know, maybe I either went to the wrong school um, and, you know, because it's all about timing right. with all this stuff and who's in front of you, who's playing where. And uh, I, that's when I decided to pick up a guitar, try to learn guitar. And then I always loved singing. I, I sang in the shower. I, I didn't think anything of it as a career. But at that moment, um, you know, there was a girl on a soccer team, Florida Southern College. Mm-hmm. She was a singer, wanted to pursue it. This was in uh, – Lakeland, Florida, so not too far away from Orlando, Florida, where NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, all these boy band groups were coming out, just killing it. Yeah. So all those managers, all those publishers were down there, and uh, the girl goes, hey, I want you to meet my manager, because she was doing pop. I said, oh, that sounds cool. I, I mean, I, li- I like to sing, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't mind you know, seeing what it's about. So I went there, and they're like, oh, you need to sing country music. So they introduced me to somebody, like a vocal coach, and she was like, you're really, you know, you have a good sound you need to start going to Nashville. So I started going to Nashville my junior year of college, mm-hmm. just kind of flying back and forth. And that's when I decided, okay, I, this is what I want to do. And um, my vocal coach at the time took me to meet somebody at RCA Records. And then that person took a demo that I made um, singing just a piano vocal, like super, so cheesy. It was so bad. But... <laughs> At the time, it worked. Um, I had like a cover photo and a folder and all this <laughs> crap. It was so funny, um, but it worked. It got into uh, a guy's hands, Jim Katina, who's now head of a- head of A and R of Sony and on RCA, which is the label I ended up signing with. And he signed me from that. And uh, wow, that's what got. I was like, all right, now I have my, a good footing. Uh, I'm going to make the move. I'm going to. I quit college, two classes short of graduating. Made the move because I had a record deal, and um, it was again a roller coaster ride. I move up here, I lost my record deal, and I so I did nothing but write songs for four years. Got a couple cuts here and there uh, on different artist records, and then you know I went right back to RCA. That, that's the type of person I am. Is like, all right, you don't like me now. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you like me. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure you see what my vision is at some point. Yeah, you may not believe in me now, but I'll. You're going to believe in me someday. It's a competitive gene. Yeah. So I went, instead of going to another label, like RCA dropped me and said, I could have went, oh, I'm going to go to another label. I'm going to go get another deal somewhere else. I said, well, maybe there's something to this. If RCA doesn't think I'm ready now, maybe I'm not. And so I was, I was honest with myself. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to get better. I become a better songwriter, a better singer. And that was over a span of four years living in Nashville. And then I went right back to RCA first stop. And um, just to be like, I told you I'd be back type of deal. And they signed me right on the spot. No way. They signed, I was, didn't even get down the elevator and we got a call and they're like, we want to sign you. Wow. Cause they knew we were going to go to different labels. They knew once I left RCA, 
that if they made, had time to think about it, they, I may have signed somewhere else. So I ended up signing with them and, and released my first single, Stealing Cinderella, which um, shot up the charts and opened so many doors for me. And really that's what kind of catapulted my music career was my first single. And, and you know, I ended up being on Dancing with the Star. Like three singles, I had Stealing Cinderella, All I Ever Wanted, and then I, my third single, Man of the House, um, was right in the middle of uh, going on Dance with the Stars, which your wife, Sean Johnson, same season, 2009, season eight. I think it was season eight. Yeah. Uh, she won. Yeah. Whatever. Edged you out, I hear. You should see, Chuck Chuck has this copyright dance move that he always does, and it's hilarious. I, I mean, I really, I feel like, has. I mean, I feel like. Are, are we doing it right now? I Here feel we go. like. Uh-oh. Buckle up, everybody. I feel like, I make, <laughs> like if, you can, if, you can do, if you can do this. Oh, my god. Okay. Thank God I have a headset on. Careful. Okay. I don't want to break anything. That's pretty good. Right. So. You dropped baseball, which was your lifelong passion. Yeah. How were you so convinced that that music was what you were wanting to do? Um, it took me a while to get like I couldn't go to a baseball game. I had no desire to watch it because it just made me too depressed. Yeah. Because um, you weren't playing at that. Time, yeah, right? I did. I, I was like, man, it's like I don't want to watch baseball. I want to play baseball. Yeah. Um. So I just it 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 was it was rough, but um, you know, you have to sometimes in life you have to come to to grasp of what maybe the situation is and what reality is. And you either make that decision to say, screw it, I'm going to push forward anyway, or you, you're, or you accept it and you say, I'm maybe there's something else that's better for me. Maybe, you know, the path mm-hmm. that got me here was meant to get me there. And that's the way I looked at it. Yeah. I said, well, I have a music, a musical path now that I thought I'd never, it was not even in my sights, right? Like zero desire. Yeah. To chase Nashville, the dream of being a country music star, zero desire because I didn't even know about it. I didn't even know that Nashville existed. I was such a Delaware farm boy, play baseball, work out, go be a sports star. That was my deal. So when that, when those doors opened musically, that's when, you know, I changed direction and I was happy doing it. So, you know, I, I have, if you're happy, you must be doing something right. Yeah. I wasn't happy sitting on the bench in baseball, that's for sure. Yeah. I feel like that's that's for sure something that everybody can relate to, that fork in the road where it's like, hey, you hit adversity. Am I going to push through it or am I going to take this as a sign that maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing? Like me and my football career, like we've had so many discussions about. Yeah. It's like I keep signing with teams and I'm just right there. Yep. Does that mean that I need to keep sticking to it? I think you or- do. Yeah, well, Chuck's been the main inspiration this past year of, of keeping me going. So. Well, I can, I mean, I don't, I can understand frustration. Yeah, and I can understand being so close to something and knowing that you're good enough. Like I'm, I, I know that you know you're good enough to play in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? So you need to keep pursuing that until you are fine with. Because I feel like if you didn't pursue something, because we were talking about the the Jacksonville Jaguars, you had a, a tryout for them and you were debating because. Should I even do it? Should yeah. I even go down there? Should yeah. he do it? Um, you felt like maybe it's just another wasted time, yeah. opportunity type deal where you know they might be, oh, they just want to work the punters or they just want to work the because um, if you don't know my friend Andrew East, <laughs> he is a long snapper. Um, Chuck's also one of the goofiest guys I know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so um, I remember you. I remember thinking to myself, here I am, an outsider looking in on your career and your path. And and sometimes you need somebody to 
you know, like me or somebody else to say, dude, you, would you tell yourself 10 years ago? You know, how old are you right now? 26. So when you're 16 and you're playing high school football and your dream is to go play college football, what if somebody said, hey, man, you're going to get out of college football and three years after that um, or five years after, when did you graduate? Five years ago? Uh, four years four ago. Years ago? Yeah. Four years after you graduate from Vanderbilt, um, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to call you and say, we want you to come down to Jacksonville and try out. Yeah. You really going to – could you ever see yourself saying no? Yeah. So why – you know, unless you're over it, which I don't right. think you are. I think you still want that. Um, you got to do it. Yeah. I wouldn't even say there's like a wrong choice though. For Like when, when you're trying to decide should I push through it or right. is this a signal? It's it's almost situational where like where are you at in life? What are your ambitions? And um, yeah, what do you want to do next? Because right. for you obviously it was music. And music, now, yeah. And, and, I, and I still have passions to do other – like I want to get into TV – uh, I want to get into acting. There's all I always have something that I'm pushing or striving for. Yeah, I love my radio career and what's happening there. Um, do I wish I was still playing big arenas and having number one records? Yes, but I made the choice to do to do a dual the- thing here in radio. I, not only do I sing on the radio, but I talk on the radio, and there comes um, sacrifices with that. You know, so. Um, I work Monday through Friday in the morning, so I can't have this full. We're torn. talking like four a.m. in the morning, four a.m. to eleven a.m. Like, like I'm gonna jump off this podcast <laughs> in about you know five ten minutes, and it's like I gotta go interview Little Big Town. Yeah, but that's like one of those things where it's just like that's cool. Yeah, like I'm cool with that. Like I love being. That's one thing I love about the music business is the music business. Mm-hmm. I love being in the circle, so to speak. I love knowing everyone. I love having friendships because that's what's important. I, uh, Reba McIntyre told me, uh, I asked her, I said, what do, you, what do you take away from your career? You've had one of the best careers anyone could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. You've had film, you've had TV, you've had clearly country music success, success on radio. I go, what's the one thing that you, when you look back, what's the most important thing in your life that you've accomplished? She says, the friendships. It's all about the friendships. Mm-hmm. Without the friendships, without the communication with people and, um, you know, that loyalty that you have with someone that shares the same passion, um, the same look in the eye, the drive, the understanding of what it takes to be where you are, without those relationships, really, what is it worth? Yeah. If you have nothing to share it with. Yeah. You know, it's like friendships and love, you know, if you don't have, you know, if you don't have Sean to share your passions with what, you know, where, where are you? Right. Right. I don't, I'm not married yet, but I would love to have someone to share my passions with, you know, the most eligible bachelor in Nashville. He's also the most well-connected for sure. I went to dinner with Chuck last night and every five minutes he was getting up to say hello to somebody, but that that's, it's an interesting point you make. And it leads me to my next question, which is what is success for you? What does it look like for you? Because you have played in the big arenas. You've made it, on dancing with the stars you've made it to a talk radio show you've done all of that so yeah. at, at what point are you like okay this is success um i think i've reached success for sure in, yeah. in different fields um but you always want to be more yeah so i think that's what you know a lot of it's not the um it's not the trophy at the end of the day it's the that 
that grind and that challenge to get to that opportunity, that's when you're really living that passion and that dream and you're having success. Like when we run together, that's, or, 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 or train together, or we're, we, we've gone biking together. You know, those are the moments that's a success. I mean, you're able, you have the mind, body yeah. and spirit and you're able to do those things. That's when you're succeeding in life. Right. You know, um, it's great if you win at something, it's great if you're the best at something, but if you're able just to do those somethings, whatever it is, um, that's success. And if you're happy, um, you know, a lot of people judge, judge success, uh, financially, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe they'll judge success by how many ribbons they got on the wall or how many trophies. Um, I like to judge it by, am I, am I happy doing what I'm doing? Am I able to do what I want to do? Um, and and that is success. I mean, I, uh, I if I make enough money to do what I want to do in life, I'm leading the type of life I want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, it doesn't revolve all around finances, but the reality is is that you do need to have some kind of financial stabilization to be to do what you want to right, do. Right, right. You know, you want you want to go to dinner? Oh, sorry, I don't have any money. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. let's go to Hawaii. Oh, sorry. I am broke. Um, so I, I do like to do cool things and travel and, and, um, as long as you can, if, as long as I can do those things, I don't need to be like this multi billionaire or multi millionaire. I just need to be happy in life yeah. to be able to do the things I want to do. And and right now, uh, knock on wood so far, so good. Yeah. It is. It's a fine balance, and I think you do a good job at at being content and finding the balance of you always want to be ambitious and want more, right? But you also need to be thankful and content with like where you are right now. You know? Yeah. Well, I and, and I almost died last year, so I was in a bad car accident. It wow. broke my neck, my my C two vertebrae. You guys came over, you and Sean. Um, and when anytime you're injured and you have a reality check, like a life check, hmm. a life check, really. Um, I remember just being pinned up in a neck brace and the doctor saying, Hey, you could have died. You almost died. One wrong movement. You would have been paralyzed or any wow. of that. I don't, it, it, it's like I just did the Ironman in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with my time because I had some issues on the run. I was like, Oh, I could have ran way better. But then I'm like, but I got to run, you know, like mm-hmm. I got to run. Yeah. A lot of people can't run a lot of people yeah. you know, or swim or bike or just do any of that. Um, so you just have to be thankful for that and, um, and just go for it. I, you know, I think if you, you should always have a goal, you should always have a dream because that keeps you accountable for yourself and for your daily activity. If you don't have anything to look forward to, whether it's that or love or anything or kids, you, you find yourself just sitting on the couch and really just kind of going through life. And that's never been me. Mm Mm-hmm. What what do you attribute your success to? What is there a special sauce, a secret sauce, or a quality that, that you see in yourself? That uh, yeah, well, I don't like to lose, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I lose a lot. So um, I think that's the the driven factor is like you want to be, you have to be driven, you have to have goals, you have to have ambition. I think I got that from my parents. Um, my mom and dad worked always worked super hard. Uh, I learned from along, uh, you know watching them work those two or three jobs that, you know, if you want something in life, you got to work for it. Mm -hmm. Nothing's really kind of handed out to you. And, um, I've always taken that approach with anything that I do. 
I mean, whether it was when I was, you know, it goes from wanting to be a baseball player, pro baseball player, to being the best triathlete that I can be, to being the best singer, to being the best radio guy, or to being the best valet parker. I mean, it literally, because I, I valet cars when I uh, first moved to town. And even with that, I was competitive. I'm like, how fast <laughs> can I get this car and yeah. bring it to this guy? And if I do it fast and do it well, he'll tip me five or 10 bucks. Yeah. If I go slow, I take my time. Like we've all seen a lot of people do. You're going to be like, I'm going to give this guy a dollar. Like, so even to that extent, it's like, you got to have something that drives you. Yeah. Yeah. Even with, uh, the truck that he drives, we drive the exact same truck and then he had to get his jacked up with some sweet wheels on it. Well, for the He's record, I, had to, I mean, I had my truck first. <laughs> I mean. Um, I want to do some, a couple of fan questions and then the wrap up questions and we'll get oh, out of here. Fan questions. Yeah. So Regan Mooney asks, if you couldn't sing anymore, what would you be doing? Hmm. Um, I would be doing the other things in life that I'm already doing. Yeah. Um, so singing, I can still talk, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would do, obviously I would continue the radio, uh, journey that I'm on doing syndicated radio, but I would, I would really just put all my focus on probably acting or, um, maybe some talk show stuff, maybe hosting duties on, on certain things. And I would do that and I would get in even more into fitness like I would love to have my own gym or love to have some kind of a um, personal training thing that, you know, is uh, mobile. Mm-hmm. So it goes out on the road with country artists and stuff like that. And and people are doing that now, but I would love to have my own um, sector of that. So there, I definitely would have um, other things that I'd be passionate about. And I would just, I would just go for those even more because the singing part would be, exclude you know he'll be out of the picture so mm-hmm. it would just free up more time f- to concentrate on those things um elzar a asks uh do you spend your free time working on country music oh yeah so free time is interesting um a way to put it free time so when i write with different people around town or co-writes because i do write all my stuff you do have to schedule that so it is somewhat kind of work but i've never i haven't considered anything musically I've never considered that work to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so really that essentially is free time. I, I, I get to do what I love with my time. So um, I would just, uh, I always, I'm always picking up a guitar around the house in my free time. Um, if that counts. So I'm always doing something or singing or listening to music that maybe not is not country music. Um, I love imitating different singers. I love um, doing anything musically. So yeah, I mean, I guess the answer to that is yes. I do use my free time for music. Maya Perez asks, where did where do you like performing most? One of the best places to perform, hands down, is the Opry, the Grand Ole Opry. Such a, just a iconic stage to mm-hmm. be on. And it's so just welcoming. Like the fa- the the crowd there, the fans there, they, they love country music so much. Um, you can just feel that energy and you look out and you just, you're in the same building and same stage and same room and same atmosphere that all these greats have, have been and are continuing to do, um, before you and with you. And it's hard to beat that stage. So the Grand Ole Opry. That's great. I've gotten to see him perform there a handful of times and Chuck puts on a great show. If he's ever, uh, in your town and you have opportunity to see him, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, closing question. Yeah. I ask everybody this three pieces of advice that if you were going to write it on the side of your house yeah. for everybody to see, what would you say? 
Oh. Three pieces of advice. I'm going to write it on the side of my house. Everybody sees it. Fall in love with your best friend. Wow. Be happy. And work hard and stay humble. Those are great. Fall in love with your best friend. Be happy. And work hard and stay humble. Those are fantastic. Thank you so much. Chuck, thanks for being on the show today. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to be here. I like these Garth Brooks headphones. That's nice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or no, it's more like NASCAR. It's, it's, uh, yeah, we're going to pit check on the stop here. Uh, <laughs> Yes, sir. I don't know, uh, Jimmy. Uh, he's looking pretty good up here. Uh, he, uh, uh, might want to check that out here. Uh, turn up the hose. Got some nails in. Oh, shit. I guess it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. It's Andrew, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Redirected. If you find this podcast valuable, there are a lot of ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you happen to listen from. You can share it with your friends on social media, blogs, or on your own podcast. Also, head over to andrewdes.com for more information and to request your favorite celebrity, entrepreneur, athlete, or anyone else who inspires you. And while you're at my site, be sure to sign up for my newsletter so you can get updates on other fun stuff going on. Also, you guys know I love connecting with you, so if you want to reach out to me directly on Instagram or Twitter, my handle is at andrewdeast. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next time on Redirected. Uh!